You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. So, John, getting to the Melbourne airport from the city is expensive. Mm-hmm. People don't know that if you don't live in the city. Uh, it's, depending on where you are, probably in the CBD, it's, it'd be the best part of 80 bucks Australian. Yeah. Yep. Which is uh, what, what in the order of 60, 60, early 60s in US currency. Yeah, right so it's an expensive trip and Uber is suggesting, they've announced that they are going to bring about a change to this whole setup whereby you fly in an electric, possibly autonomous drone-like craft mm-hmm. with, say, six or eight other people mm-hmm. and it costs you the same sort of money and you get there in 12 minutes. There's a probably the equivalent of a, a helipad, maybe on the side of the river, something like that might have been agreed to. I haven't heard any word on where it is, but that's there is a helipad there or off the top of a building would be pretty wild as well. But you'd go straight out to the airport, get in this in this craft. I think initially the early versions of it are going to, even if they're not directly driving it, there's going to be people with the capability to override can, the autonomous mm-hmm. controls mm-hmm. from the get-go mm-hmm. and maybe they'll be phased out over time. But great boon for Melbourne and I'm not sure exactly what the deal that's been done. There has been some cooperation between the state government of Victoria, the Andrews government, uh, and Uber. Mm-hmm. Uber has decided that after New York and Dallas, both on American soil, the first international hub is going to be in Melbourne mm-hmm. and from right. between Melbourne CBD and the airport. Jesus. And it's, and it's going to be a, a great ride. It's a Boeing-developed craft. They've worked in cooperation and the, and the early graphics and stuff, which I think I've already tweeted to our website and if I haven't, they'll be with this podcast. It looks like a, a beautifully designed modern craft, which mm-hmm. can take off vertically, mm-hmm. and the propellers actually rotate and sort of slot very neatly and become becomes more like a, a, a conventional aircraft, like a like a Cessna. I've never taken a helicopter before, um, but a drone helicopter without an actual person in. I know that somebody can take over, but you're you know relying on a, a flying object in the sky that any interference could potentially you know knock out any remote capabilities. Mm. So how safe would I feel? And I I don't know because you know I haven't even been in a Tesla yet with the automatic driving mm. and, and I don't even know how I'd go sitting in the driver's seat and just letting the car Well even operate. in the Tesla you don't submit completely like I think if you take your hand off the wheel the car will stop. Mm. Um, and it's it's but you don't even have that option in this helicopter. That's that's what I mean. So you, when you're in the helicopter, you you've got no mm. control over it at mm. all. Yeah. Well, you don't. But but I think, as I said, that it's going to have to. There's going to be a system that's going to drive it, just like a mm. car would be driven. Going to have to comp- comply with. I think compliance is going to be a huge hurdle, really, to Massive. make it to make it safe to make this thing to be allowed to happen commercially on a regular basis. It's going to have to tick a lot of boxes, and that will be fitting in with civil aviation, doing it in such a way that you know you're not interfering, you don't you don't pose any hazard to an international airport, mm-hmm. second biggest in Australia, mm-hmm. you know maybe eventually one day the biggest for incoming flights from international. The last thing that they would be introducing into that would be a, an unsafe, autonomous uh, technology which flies flies between the Melbourne CBD and the airport. But all that said, it's an exciting development. And it looks like the, the test flights will start in 2020, which is only, well, you know, six months from now, essentially. They're looking to do that. And commercial operations are hoping to start in 2023. So this is not something they're just going to do, you know, a few test runs over a couple of days and then say, okay, I'll load it up and, and keep moving. This is going to go through rigorous testing through different weather conditions and, um, you know, scenarios, day and night, other obstacles. 
And once it passes, ticks all those boxes, then yeah, it should be available. Hopefully what they're suggesting is 2023. I can't wait. I think it's going to be great. I'm so looking forward to getting a, uh, a, 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 even unmanned. I mean, you know, just take your life in your hands. I mean, don't forget that big planes, when you get on a plane to go internationally, they have autopilot anyway. So unless they it's, do, but they've got this is an unusual situation. They've got that, someone sitting yeah, yeah. in front of it. Yeah. But, but for the bulk of the flight, they're not in control. Oh, so yeah. it's like, so the same sort of thing I think in these, that initially at least until they prove themselves with a certain number of safe flights, you're not going to have the thing being agreed to. But I think these things look awesome. And if it can do what they're sort of talking about it doing, this will be the future of transportation and it will solve a lot of problems. I mean, you know, if this really took off, would we need to have, you know, a high-speed train out to the airport from this Melbourne CBD? If you had these things shuttling back and forward, Mm. a swarm of them even, Mm. you know, six apiece, uh, flying autonomously in a grid in formation, computer-controlled formation flying, Maybe you don't need to to have that massive infrastructure spend to put a high speed yeah, train in. All you need is one accident, and then that's going to cause negative opinion. And and I guess, or if you have a shutdown, if the weather is particularly bad, then mm. you want, I guess, an alternate system to make sure that you're getting out there. I, I like, I think trains are uh, great in terms of getting people around. Mm. But I I recognise that we do need additional methods as well because you know cars are taking up too much space. Uh, there's not much land necessarily for for trains, so we have to potentially look at either going above ground uh, or below ground, so above being in the air. I saw various uh, presentations. Susan Anderson, who's the regional general manager for Uber in Australia, New Zealand and North Asia, made an announcement at Uber's Global Elevate, which is Uber Air Summit in Washington. On June 11th, she said... Since we entered the market in 2012, Australians have embraced Uber wholeheartedly. Today, over 3.8 million Aussies regularly use Uber as a reliable way to get from A to B, and governments across the country have recognised the important role ride-sharing plays in the future of transport for our cities. She goes on to say that Melbourne's third launch city for Uber Air. We will see other Australian cities following soon after. It's a really exciting change in the way that we get around. I don't see why not, really. And as Elon Musk has said about the system that his Teslas use, the, mm-hmm. the autopilot system, that the system is feeding back. So it's learning. The more kilometers, the more yes. hours that yep. it's out there being used, the more Teslas are mm-hmm. sold around the world, all that information is getting fed back. So these mm-hmm. cars update automatically. You drive it into your driveway. It, it talks to the Wi-Fi mm-hmm. overnight, gets a software patch here and there an update for something and in the same process or at the same time it's uploading information and saying here's what i've got this is what i've learned that goes into the central database so you can imagine you know over time uber air probably will get rid of the pilot because that is uber's objective and that's why uber's invested in 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 self-driving car technology which Mm -hmm. is a whole other branch of probably a a bigger branch than air really the idea is to get the driver or the pilot out of the picture and thereby save yourself that massive labour cost, then you've got an automated they're, system. They're losing money. They they haven't been in profit yet. They, they need investment. Mm. They need investors. Yeah, they're losing billions and so, billions. So this is also part of a you know capital raising venture. Mm. Uh, and upon successful tests, it'll also generate revenue as well. But mm. uh, I'm sure this is about getting people to invest in Uber to, to you know make, make their bosses some money. And this vertical takeoff aircraft... Looks very cool and does enable you to do all sorts of routes which would take a lot longer by vehicle or train or any other form of transport Mm. really that we've got at the moment, whether it's through a tunnel or in the air. Uber's kind of an interesting company, but there's been criticism of it. The IPO didn't go as well as it was expected. Mm -hmm. The founders and and, uh, other earlier investors in in that company 
got billions less than they'd hoped to get mm. from the float. Mm. But that said, they've you know, probably done pretty well. Mm. And, and you can see with this kind of innovation, if this was pulled off and this became a regular thing that, that took off around the world, that would presumably make that valuation look really good value. Yeah. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au.